This evening's scripture comes from two passages. The Gospel according to Matthew, 28, verses 18 through 20, and 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good evening. Andrew, you've got a silky voice, man. Do you do voiceovers anywhere? Oh, you should. You should phone the airport and say, have I got a voice for you? <laughs> thank you. That was wonderful. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that we can get together. Oh, thank you for that time of worship. You are just so worthy. And we pray, Lord, as we look at your scripture and we talk about different things, I pray, Lord, that you would move in my heart, move in all of our hearts, challenge us, draw us closer to you. Lord, have your way. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you to the worship team. It was great. My name is Warren G. I'm from South Africa, and that is my wife, Lynette G. And we work for a missions organization uh, called J Life Africa. J Life stands for Jesus' life. It's a good life to follow. Not only is he our model for ministry, but our model for life. And um, so we've had a, a partnership with Grace Community Church since 2007. It's awesome. And uh, we, we've really enjoyed that. And we are privileged to come and share with you during your Missions Emphasis Week. Does anybody know what the theme of your missions effort is? We should get Andrew up here. <laughs> Does anybody know? <laughs> Sorry. Missions Emphasis Week. Does anybody know what the theme is for Grace Community Church that is currently going on? Just one at a time. Where do I fit in? What a good question. And I don't know if you know, but all of us humans have the same thing. We all want to fit in. Does anybody experience that in their life? Like, I, I don't want to be alone. I would like some friends. Would somebody please be my friend? But where do I fit in? It's also a good question to ask with what God has called us. Oh, was that up there? <laughs> wow. Boop. When we look at the Great Commission, which was Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it's a commission that Jesus gave to all believers. In fact, he's in Jerusalem, he's crucified, he rises again, and he tells the disciples, go to Galilee, I'll meet you in Galilee. And they believe the reason for that was it wasn't just a commission for the 12. This was not a commission just for the closest disciples, but a commission for every single Christian. We are all called not only to be disciples, but to make disciples. 
In the 1800s, they took that word disciple-making and they, they split it up. They split it into two words. They split it into evangelism and discipleship. And the emphasis moved to, yes, we need to share the gospel and, and preach the word so that people can come to know him. And then we need to gain more knowledge. Discipleship, come to a class, learn more about a particular subject. We want to equip you. We want to train you. But in splitting up to evangelism and discipleship, a lot of us have not, never actually been challenged into disciple making. Disciple somebody in such a way that they can disciple somebody else. In such a way that they can disciple somebody else. And so if we look at this and we look at the Great Commission and realize that we are all called, the question I need to ask you is, who are you discipling? And that's a tough question to ask because a lot of us sometimes, we cannot actually think of a name. And if we cannot think of a name, are we really discipling somebody? We might be on a journey together with somebody, but we're not pouring ourselves into somebody in such a way that they can do the same. And so this evening, I, wa I want to look at the theme of where do I fit in, but I want to take a step back and, and just look at practical 101 of disciple making. How do we do this? How do we join this journey and get involved with what God is doing around the world? The first thing we need to do if we're going to do Disciple Making 101 is we need to be intentional. Intentionality means I actually need a name. I need to actually know who I am discipling. And the second part of that is they need to know that I'm discipling them. If we think we're discipling somebody but they don't know that, we're merely going for a cup of coffee. And there's nothing wrong with going for coffee. Who doesn't like a good cup of coffee? But it's not disciple making. So 101 in disciple making is we need to be intentional. We need to start praying, Lord, give me a person who I can disciple and then to take the necessarily, necessary steps. Sorry, I'm struggling with the English language, which I do speak. It's my mother tongue. It's the queen's language but I'm from South Africa. Be intentional. The second thing we need to do is we need to realize that to make disciples, we need to enter their world. A lot of the times with uh, our strategy of reaching the world is we just challenge our church, just invite somebody to church, okay? And if I'm honest with you, a person that does not know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior they're not thinking about coming to church. Think about it. Would you like to come with me to my church? Well, what's going to happen? Oh, we're going to get together. We're going to sing some songs. Oh, what songs? Uh, you probably haven't heard them. But it will be great. Everyone will sing. And then what will happen? Oh, a guy will get up and he'll tell us for 30 minutes how we should live our lives. Okay. Sounds like fun, but I'm busy. Okay. In order to reach our community, Iowa City, we need to enter people's worlds. And if we're intentional, we're already entering people's worlds, but we're not entering it for the purpose of making disciples. We'll get there. Enter their world. The third thing we need to do 
is we need to be able to share the gospel. And this is the scary one. I would rather just invite somebody to church than share the gospel. But all we are called to do is to be witnesses to what God has done in our lives. That's all God asks us to do. And so sharing the gospel can be scary or it can just be, can I tell you what God has done in my life? I was 13 years old and um, my closest friends, we were a rugby team and uh, we used to hang out all the time. And uh, one time we would have break, break time at school where it's a little different to in America. Um, they would ring a bell and you would go outside for half an hour. And then they would ring a bell and you come back inside. And so everybody is just everywhere on the field. Uh, there's holes in fences and people sneak out and some don't come back until tomorrow. But it, it, we really learn a lot in Africa. But uh, this, I remember clearly this one break. We, we went outside and my friends, uh, we, we got together in a group. And the, the one guy in the rugby team, his name was Gaffy. G-A-F-F-Y. And he said, you know, Warren, we've decided we're not going to be friends with you anymore. And I remember clearly how much that hurt. I remember clearly, I went home. I didn't go to school for the next three days because I was like, I'm not going to go if I don't have any friends. I went to school one day and this guy, Bradley McMeekin, invited me to be his friend. And he invited me to go to this little thing called youth group. Never heard of it in my life. When I went to youth group, I got to hear about all the wonderful things that God had done for me. We went on a vacation. I was 13 years old, and 13-year-olds love parties. We heard this loud music, and uh, we went down to the beach for this party, and I was like, it's going to be a great party. And for the first time in my life, I heard the gospel. For the first time in my life, I heard I'd done things that God didn't want me to do, for the first time in my life, I heard that God had paid the price and that I could have a relationship with him. The next night on our vacation, we were watching the TV and it was a Billy Graham crusade. For the second night in my life, I heard the gospel two nights in a row. And that's my story. And that's all I'm asked to do. Do you know God? Have you got a relationship with him? Share the gospel. That's all we are asked to do. It doesn't have to be scary. God has never said in the Bible, I want you to be my theologians. It's good. But we're not all called to that. And today, so I want to share, we need to be intentional. We need to enter people's worlds. And we need to be able just to share the gospel message. So how do we do this? I told you it's going to be practical. Normally when a person gets up and shares, we're going to look at this. We're going to look at the Great Commission. We're going to look at disciple making. Your mind gets filled with all the reasons why it's not you. You don't know enough. Uh, he's not talking to you. Uh, there's Andrew's better. He's got the voice. He can share the gospel. Okay, you're filled with reasons why not. What if the person knew what you did before you came to know Christ? Would they still want to be discipled by you? Filled with reasons why not. Where do you fit in? 
tonight I want to tell you, you fit in the very center of God's plan for reaching Iowa City. You're not here by mistake. You're here on purpose because God chooses to use us. Why? I don't know. Okay? He's God. There could have been some incredible ways. Can you imagine waking up, walking outside with your jersey on? What what did you call it? A sweater? With your sweater on, you walk outside and there's a message for you. What's your name? Julia. Julia, I love you. God. I mean, that could have been a good way. It would have been impressive. Hey, I walked outside and God wrote a love letter to me in the morning. But no, he doesn't. He chooses to use you. You are his message to everybody you come into contact with. So I want to encourage you as we look at how do we do this. You open your mind up to the very fact that it might just be you he wants to use in your friends' lives. CPR. Who has heard of the word CPR? Who knows what CPR stands for? Cardiopulmonary resuscitation, yes. We asked that question in the morning service at at, um, the North Liberty congregation, and this one lady just started laughing in the front. And I I didn't know. And um, afterwards, she came up and she said, I'm sorry, I'm a nurse in the hospital. I can do CPR. I do it all the time. I can save your life, but I could not remember what it meant. And so she's like there, and her boyfriend's laughing at her because she just could not think of what it is. CPR, to save a person's life. Cardiopulmonary resuscitation. This evening I want to introduce you to spiritual CPR. How do we do CPR to help our friends uh, come back to life spiritually? The first thing in the C is cultivate Cultivate a relationship. In the old days with farming, when you had to cultivate the land, the first thing you needed to do was you needed to turn it. You just needed your whole field. You did not have a tractor like they do in Iowa, but you used to have to dig it all. Turn every piece of land and then go back and break it up. Till it, get it ready, and then you would come to plant. The most important part was the cultivating. If you did not cultivate, your crop would not grow everywhere. You would get patches. If you didn't turn the land, you might not even get a good crop. And so cultivating a relationship in order to make disciples is hard work. Hard, hard work. In order to cultivate a relationship with somebody else, to enter their world, it might mean you need to give up some of the things in your world. To cultivate a relationship with another person is messy. Disciple making is messy. Living life with people is messy. But you cannot plant the seed until you cultivate the soil. There's a there's a gentleman at the North Liberty campus that every year he roasts a pig, and and we just love that. I mean. Last year we were here in August, he, he cooked a whole pig for 16 hours. We've told everybody, wherever we go, we tell Iowa, they roast pigs. 
okay? They roasted it for 16 hours that he gave Lynette a taste of the pig's snout. Have you ever tasted the meat in a pig's snout? Neither have I. I wouldn't do it, but Lynette said it was delicious. He has a pig roasting every year. He invites he, a, a full pig can feed up to 300 people. But last year we were amazed. There, there was a group of Muslims that came to the pig roasting. Okay, doesn't make sense, okay? He's cultivated such a relationship with those people that they came to his pig roasting and when they arrived, they found out he had actually roasted chicken for them. He, he loved them so much that he had prepared in case they arrived there was roasted chicken, okay? That's hard, that's extra work. He's already roasting a pig for 16 hours, but he went out of his way to cultivate that relationship. Those Muslim people that came to that pig roasting will listen to that man more than he'll listen to any of us because he has cultivated a relationship with him. In fact, the one lady said to him, you know, as a Muslim person, we can never marry a Christian. But she said, you know, if my daughter wants to marry your son, I would let her. She said, we, we've moved yet to a Christian, country, a Christian country, but you are different. He had cultivated a relationship with them. We need to cultivate relationships with people we come into contact with. You come into contact with people all the time. The second thing we need to do is we need to plant seeds. Wherever we are, plant seeds of the gospel. Little things like, oh man, you're going through a tough time? I'll pray for you. You don't need to share the gospel. You're just planting seeds. You know, the person's going through this. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says this. That's all you're doing. Just little things. Loving the person taking care of them, planting seeds so that eventually we will get to the next point is to reap. But you cannot reap without cultivating and planting. If we look at Jesus' life, Jesus always cultivated the relationship. He enters people's worlds. In fact, if we, if we think about that, can you think of any examples where Jesus, besides the fact that Jesus the Son of God came from heaven and entered our world. Can you think of times in Scripture where you can remember Jesus entered somebody's world? No, 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 really, just one at a time. Mary and Martha's home. And even in Mary and Martha's home, went completely against culture. I mean, Martha came and sat at the feet of the rabbi, which like in the, in the time that just wasn't done. Yep, but he spent time with them, friends with them. Yep. Who else did he enter their world? The woman at the well. Who said that? Thank you. Woman at the well, it was not good for a Jewish man even to walk through Samaria, never mind spend time chatting to a Samaritan woman. He entered her world. Roman century. In what way? Healing the son? Absolutely. 
he didn't need to, right? That was a Roman, didn't believe, cared for him, cultivated. Where else? Zacchaeus, I love Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm coming to your house for dinner. That's one way to get an invite. If you're a college student and you don't have dinner plans, Pastor Jason, come on, I'm going to your house for dinner. <laughs> Use it, he'll feed you, okay? But there, there are many opportunities where we see Jesus did exactly that. Plant the seed. You live in Iowa. This morning I learned about um, your grocery store, Hy-Vee. I'm still enjoying that. That just flows off your tongue. What would be a good name for a grocery store? Hy-Vee. Hy-Vee. We can be intentional. If we're intentional, we realize we need to enter people's worlds. We can choose to go to the same grocery store every time we go to the groceries. I know it's harder, I know it costs us more, I know it's out of our way all the time, but if I decide I'm going to be intentional and I go to the same hy and I choose to go to the same checkout point every time I go there, I can start building a relationship, cultivating a relationship with somebody. Does anybody here work at a grocery store in a checkout line? We will call her Sarah. Every time I go to Hy-Vee, I go to checkout point number one, and I go, hi, what's your name? Sarah. Ah, great to meet you. Thank you for doing my groceries. I go. Next time. Hey, Sarah, how are you doing? Yeah, good to see you again. My name's Warren. Now she's going to think, you're creepy. Please leave. Next time I go, hey, Sarah, how's it going? Yeah, good to see you, Warren. Remember? Yeah, how's your day? Fantastic. Look her in the eye. I I spoke to a lady um, this morning. Their daughter worked at a grocery store. She said she could work there for eight to ten hours and nobody would look her in the eye. Sarah, I hope you're having a great day. God bless. Next time. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? Oh, man, looks like you're having a rough day. What's going on? Sarah will start sharing. Why? Because I'm cultivating a relationship. Oh, Sarah, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, when I get home, I'm going to pray for you. Go. Next time. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? How did it go with that thing? Remember? Yeah, I prayed for you. Still having a tough time? I'm sorry. Can I pray for you now? Another person's there. Dear Lord, please be with Sarah in that situation. Amen. I go. You know, I've built a relationship. I'm planting seeds. Every time you go there, I bet you Sarah will greet you. Hey, Warren, how are you? Sarah, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, man, my church is having this thing, a pig roasting. Can you believe it? They're going to bury a whole pig. Would you like to come? Now, I wouldn't do that because it is creepy, a 47-year-old man going, hey, you want to go to pig roasting? (laughs) It'll be fun. (laughs) Have you ever eaten the snout? Anyway. I cultivate. It just takes us being intentional. It takes us realizing it's going to take a little more effort on my behalf. Planting. I'm going to have to verbalize what pops in my head. Sometimes we keep so quiet, but we know, oh, I should have said that. I should have encouraged that person. Plant the seed, plant the seed, plant the seed. The last part of CPR is reap. 
Reap is the hard one because we are so scared of what the person will respond, what their response will be. But part of seeing God working through your life is asking some tough questions. Maybe not with Sarah, but your best friend, you, you, you've been best friends for three years. And you say, you know, I'd love, we know each other well, but I'd love to share a part of my story with you. And at the end, you just ask him, you know, how's your spiritual journey? You might be surprised that you're both Christians and you're just not encouraging each other. Or you might be surprised that this opens conversations. You might be surprised that your friend says, I've noticed you're different, but I've never known why. Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? You will lead people to the Lord if you start asking that question. It's okay. It's not mine. Cultivate, plant, reap. Listen to their story. Share your story. Invite them into a relationship with Christ. Where do you fit in in missions at Grace Community Church? You are at the very center of God's plan for reaching Iowa City. For reaching the United States of America. For reaching the world. You might not go to the world, but you might be praying for a country. You fit into the very center of God's plan for reaching this earth. And I want to encourage you in praying for this week. The challenge I find is that for the church in North America, we need to pray for boldness and courage. That each one of us starts saying, who am I discipling and do they know? Each one of us should be discipling somebody. <clears throat> I met this guy a few years ago, but in, in July 2020, he said, uh, his name is Marty. Marty's the guy fourth from the left. Fourth from the left, third from the right. He's wearing the brown shirt, black pants, black and white shoes. And he said, you know, I belong to a small group. I've been there for 12 years. Same 10 people. We get together every Friday night. It's great. He loves everybody in the group. But he's going, I'm not making disciples who make disciples. So in August 2020, he said, I want to start doing this. He got together a group of 10 guys. The guy on the right-hand side of Marty in the beige top, his name is Jim. Jim was part of the 10 guys. On the first night, Marty said, I want us to have a group where I disciple you in such a way that you can disciple somebody else. That's a bold statement. We like the humility where we don't say it's, it's not about me. But that's a bold statement. I want a group where I can disciple you in such a way that you can disciple somebody else. Jim said, I like that. I'll disciple somebody else. So Jim in the base top, he started a group of 12 men in North Carolina. The guy on the other side of Marty in the black top, big beard. You can hardly see his face because he's got a cap, a beard. Be careful of him in the night. But that's Phil. And Phil said, the first night, Jim said, I'm starting this group, not just for another group, 
I want to disciple you so that you can disciple somebody else. Phil said, and that's somebody else. Phil has just started a group five weeks ago with 15 men. And he's discipling them so that they will disciple others. Multiplication is where Jesus uses more than just having the same 10 people for 12 years. Okay? But if I'm pouring myself into Jeff, and Jeff is discipling Aaron. That's a strong name. And Aaron is discipling Lisa, and Lisa's discipling Julia, okay? Jeff would be first-generation disciple. Aaron would be Jeff's second-generation. Lisa would be Jeff's third-generation. And Julia would be Jeff's fourth-generation. Why is that important? Because at the beginning I said, if you disciple somebody properly, they will disciple somebody else. And if they have been discipled properly, they'll disciple that person in a way that they will disciple somebody else. That means Jeff has made a disciple. Four generations. Marty, after two years, just celebrated that he has now got four generations of disciples underneath him. In two years. You know what it takes to do that? Being intentional. Realizing that I'm a part of what God's called me to do. Here at Grace Community Church downtown, who is your disciple? And are you discipling them in such a way that they can disciple somebody else? I want to encourage you to step out and do just that. I want to encourage you if you're in a small group, if it's a new small group, you're starting out. But I want to encourage you, if you've been in the same small group for nine years, as long as this church has been going, I want to challenge you, keep that group. But think about starting another group so that you can disciple somebody to disciple somebody. Is there a small group, Pastor Jason, that has been going nine years? No? I thought you said there were 14. No, jokes. I want to encourage you that if you answer this call to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, you will change your community. If we're relying on the professionals and the people we pay at our church, we're missing out on what God wants to do in our lives. If you don't step up, God's going to send somebody else. But I want to encourage you. Henry Blackaby wrote a book. Oh, what was that called? Experiencing God. And he said, where do you start? See where God is at work and join him. I want to invite Lynette to come up and, and minister, to us, minister to us through song. But while she's doing that, I want... I want I want to ask you to take time just to reflect. God, what is the one thing I need to do next? And then decide to do that thing. Uh Uh-oh. Maybe I'll just listen to him. I won't do it. (laughs) Ask God, what is it you're calling me to do in missions here in Iowa City, in the United States, into the ends of the world? 
Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, Jeff, Julia, Aaron, Lisa, Andrew, Bo, John, Jason, Brooks, and your name, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus, thank you for including us in what you're doing. I pray, Lord, that you give us the courage and the boldness to step out and to make disciples as you've called us to. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you to Warren and Lynette. Thanks for joining us tonight, and thank you for sharing with us. I want to spend a few minutes here giving you uh, some specific ways that you can follow up. Warren has just given us a, a great charge as a church to go and make disciples. So I want to tell you a little bit about how we are doing that and also how we hope to do that in the future. I'll just warn you right now, this is going to be longer than the normal announcement time. So I want to spend a few minutes here making sure we give you some very practical steps. So I want us to think about two takeaways from what we just heard. One is what are God's kingdom purposes globally? What is God doing all over the world and how are we going to be a part of it? And the second thing is how can we grow and help others grow as a disciple? Taking on that intentional discipling others, knowing the name of someone we're discipling, they know that we are discipling them so we can see some of that multiplication take place that Warren was just telling us about. So first I want to talk a little bit about what we are doing already globally. We have a missions organizations and uh, missionaries that we support as a church. One of those uh, ministries is J-Life that Warren works with and our uh, field staff, John Abramze, that we support in South Africa. They are uh, discipling um, youth pastors all over the continent of Africa. They are impacting the next generation by training up uh, youth pastors in Africa, and now they are seeing multiple generations of believers come from those youth pastors that they have been discipling over the last few decades. So that is a ministry partnership that we have, and part of your tithe dollars goes towards supporting ministers and missionaries like that. Some folks that you're more familiar with here from Grace Downtown are folks like Marissa Yorgi, who is ministering in the Philippines, and she is um, teaching at a school uh, called Faith Academy, coincidentally, there. And uh, she is, we are her sending church. We are her people. So continue to be in prayer for her and considering how you can support her. We have Alex and Trisha Ludvicek and their boys. Uh, they came right out of Grace Community Church through high school and then out of Grace downtown. And they minister with Mission Aviation Fellowship. Maybe you've seen my boys with some hats on here at church. They know that they're allowed to wear one hat to church. And it's their MAF hat representing Mission Aviation Fellowship in the Ludviceks. They are literally taking the gospel to people that are unreachable in any other way. So they have to fly, fly a plane. And Alex is landing planes on sides of mountains and all kinds of scary places in order to take the gospel 
really to the ends of the earth. So um, be in prayer and support for them. I want to tell you about what Aaron Labe is doing. Aaron is not overseas, but what he is working on is overseas. He is the aforementioned Aaron from the sermon. Uh, he's right back here. But he works f uh, in conjunction with Crew and Bridges International, and he works on a team that develops something called God Tools, which you're going to hear more about because we're going to start utilizing it as a church. But it is an app that allows you to share the gospel with someone, and that app is being used all over the world to share the gospel. It can be shared in someone else's language, so it has a translate function, so you can share the gospel with someone even if you don't know their language. You can share the gospel with someone in a way where you actually flip through a gospel tract on your phone, and what's on their phone flips through the gospel tract as well. It's really cutting-edge stuff, and it's great gospel presentation. Aaron works with God Tools, and he is right here at Grace downtown. We have John and Haley who are working towards uh, being gone in the year of 2023 and using their professions that they work in on the mission field. That is still to be determined exactly where they're going to go, but they are in the support raising and prayer for, uh, phase and applying to different ministries to be out on the field in the year 2023. This is not even uh, to mention folks that have come out of Grace Downtown, like Elizabeth, who owns a business in India and is looking to use that business to reach especially the marginalized in her community, but own a business to the glory of God. We have Christopher Poole, who's in Germany, looking to open a business to the glory of God and to marginalized folks in the country of Germany. So this is just a few folks that we support and we want to support as their home church with our finances, with our prayers, with our support. So want to make sure that they are on your radar and you are in prayer and seeking uh, to support them financially as well. And the idea is here at Grace, uh, Warren asked if we've had a uh, community group going for nine years. No one lives here for nine years. So we have sent people literally all over the world. And the idea is that we are sending them to the glory of God. Grace Downtown is going to be a sending church. We send people. And so part of the challenge for us as a church is to send them well, whether it's to the ends of the earth or just to a different state or part of this state. So those are some ways that we want to be a part of God's kingdom purposes globally right here at Grace Downtown. I want to talk a little bit about discipleship and what it means to grow as a disciple and help others grow. That's something that we're passionate about. As we said, this is Mission Emphasis Week, so there are things going on throughout this week having to do with missions. And one thing in particular that we want you to know about is Saturday night at 6 p.m. at our North Liberty congregation, there's going to be a night of worship. There's going to be an African choir there. There's going to be a call uh, to give our life uh, to the glory of God and some more specific ways that you can live these things out right here in Iowa City. That's going to be a great time of worship on Saturday night. In order to proclaim the gospel and in order to call the church to go to the ends of the earth, we need chairs for them to sit in. And each week there is a group of people that come in early and set up all the chairs that you're sitting in right now. And right now we are at about 50% of what we need for volunteers just right here in the church. So if you call Grace Downtown your church home, we uh, want to invite you to participate in helping out in our setup team, in our teardown team with hospitality, children's ministry, all the different things that it takes to put on this service each Sunday night. So if this is your regular church home, 
we invite you to sign up to be a part of just making it possible for people to hear the gospel and be discipled here in this church. And on that note, in a couple of weeks, on August or October 23rd, I keep thinking it's August. Can someone tell me when September starts? Thanks. Um, October 23rd, Bo and Melissa and I will be off-site. We will not be here at the service. The reason is kind of threefold. One, it's a challenge that we've had as a staff team over the last year to work towards having a Sunday that's led by volunteers. So that Sunday is going to be led by volunteers, and that communicates to all of us that the church can go on without me Bo and Melissa. So we've been working to that end um, over the last year. Another reason is for Bo, Melissa, and I and our families to spend some time together. So we're going to go to brunch together and enjoy our Sunday, have a leisurely Sunday together. It's also a way to thank Bo and Melissa for their incredibly hard work over the last year. So let's give them a round of applause. Melissa is home with the same cold that I have now, so Andrew, take that clap home to her and pass it on that we clapped for her. Um, So uh, very uh, excited to spend that time with them and thank them for their hard work, but that is what's coming up on October 23rd, where we will not be here for the service. One thing, one I'll just call it a, a weakness that we have here at Grace Downtown, is that we don't have a ton of people that are, for lack of a more elegant term, older. So we don't have a lot of people older than me a part of Grace Downtown here. And there are some of you, and God bless you, we are so thankful for each of you, but it can be very hard to find someone to disciple you that's an older believer or just older or in the next life stage. That's a a big thing that we have continued to run into here at Grace Downtown. So one way that we want to uh, compensate for that is we want to lean into our friends up in the North Liberty congregation. The average age of a downtown attender is 29, and the average age of an attender in North Liberty is 44. So we have a a congregation that we're connected to where there are folks that are maybe a life stage ahead of you that we want to uh, utilize their ability to make disciples. And so we are looking to have some events and some um, concerted efforts to make sure that you even meet some of the folks from the North Liberty congregation. And a a event that's coming up is there's going to be a women's Christmas event. And one of the purposes of that is so that the downtown church could meet some older women. So um, you're going to hear more about this in a couple of weeks, but our very own Morgan from downtown Morgan, can you raise your hand back there or stand up even? Yeah, that's Morgan. If you don't know Morgan, she is working with Cindy Solwer um, in North Liberty. She's one of our senior leaders and Morgan is working with Cindy to put together a women's event where uh, ladies from North Liberty and downtown can spend some time uh, together at Christmas. So I wanted to let you know about that. You'll hear more about that in a couple weeks from Morgan herself. Would you stand with me? Part of being and making disciples is praying for one another and having others pray for us. So at the end of the service each week, you'll see some folks come up here with the green lanyards on. They're on our prayer team. After I pray for us, I invite you to come forward for intercessory prayer. They would love to pray for anything big or small that you have going on in your life. So please take advantage of that as we pray. We're going to end tonight as we always do on our feet because we are ready to obey Jesus with our hands 
and our feet, whatever he may call us to do. And tonight, as Warren was um, talking, I was just thinking about how the gospel is the only thing that holds us together, and the gospel is the very thing that also sends us out. So we come together here, people from different tribes, tongues, nations, and people, we come together here because of the gospel, but then we go out in light of the gospel as well, because the gospel is good news, and our world is in desperate need of good news, and we have it. So let's demonstrate and declare it this week. Would you pray with me to that end? Heavenly Father, thank you for what we have heard here tonight. Thank you that we have had an opportunity to worship your name. Jesus, you are worthy of our praise. Jesus, you are worthy of our lives, and we want to give you our lives because you first gave your life for us. Jesus, thank you that we know good news. We want to demonstrate and declare that good news, not just tonight, but this entire week. Wherever we go, we want to demonstrate and declare your good news. God, we pray for each of our friends that is living overseas. Some of them are waking up for breakfast. Some of them are still sleeping. Some of them are going off to work. They're in many different situations, but God, we pray that you would supply everything that they need. God, we pray that you would supply them what they physically need, spiritually need, anything else, emotionally, mentally that they need. God, may we we support them with our finances. May we support them with our prayers and our encouragement. God, I pray that we would even know when to reach out to them and encourage them. God, thank you for this opportunity to hear from you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in grace. We'll see you soon.